This is Alex Van Aken from OK Beast, and you're listening to We the Gamer Cast. Welcome to We The Gamer Cast, it publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday, but patrons get it first. Thank you guys for subscribing and rating the show on Apple Podcasts, and then sharing it with a friend and sharing it with your mom. What a gorgeous day it is today. Thank you guys so much for being here. I am so stoked. We get to celebrate somebody who has changed the course of my life, Andrew Semichek. My goodness, great. This show does not exist. It simply does not exist. Some people maybe like led me towards podcasting, have changed my life since the podcasting, but We The Gamer Cast literally does not exist without We The Nerdy, and Andrew Semichek is the man who made it happen, but guys, I'm getting way too far ahead of myself, of course, because if you're new, here's the deal. Every single week, I have sweet hangs with a stranger or a longtime friend from the internet, and we talk about life and video games, and if you want to be on the show, or if you know somebody who should be on the show... Tweeted me at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants. As I mentioned, patrons get it first. They get it on Fridays. Free feeds go up on Mondays, but you can support the show, get it early, and get a whole bunch of other perks by going to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri, like a few dozen other people have. And I want to take a quick moment to thank some very special people, like our Diamond Executive Producer Slimer Snarf, Platinum Executive Producer Robert Bobby Miller, and our Gold members, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Joel Brooks, Jonathan Brown, Ryan Turner. And Zach Bradshaw, Mr. Eggshin himself. You guys are making some incredible things possible. And I am very, very close to announcing what is going to happen in June. Just as soon as we figure out this whole what is happening for E3. <laughs> but one of two things is going to happen. And I'm very excited. I'm almost, I've almost finalized my plans as I record this, hopefully within the next couple of days. Um, but guys, today we are going to talk to Andrew Semichek. And as I kind of touched on just a moment ago, Andrew changed my life forever when uh, we met on Facebook. I can't even remember which Facebook. It might have been Podcast Beyond, actually. Um, and we, we just kind of connected on on writing about video games. And the very first article that I ever wrote for We The Nerdy was in – I just looked it up, actually. It was in March of uh, – it might even be to the day. I should actually go back and look. Um, we, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of my very first article on We The Nerdy, which all of this podcasting, all this streaming, all this stuff started – um, with writing and not very good writing, uh, by the way, I thought I was good and I thought that I could pass off. Actually, I don't know if I really thought I was good, but I thought I could at least pass off for decent by overcompensating with words that really were just too, too many syllables. And now that I look back at some of those are, don't go back, don't go, go to We The Nerdy for other things uh, and new things and maybe some of the podcasts that we ended up doing, but the writing uh, that I did, mm, I don't know about that, but Andrew trusted me and he handed over the keys to We The Gamer Cast very early on, many, many years ago and changed the course of my life forever. And without Andrew, without Andrew Semichek, I there is no me going to E3 last year. There is no me going to the Coalition. There's no Patreon. There's no Extra Life. There's no any of this. I owe everything. There's no way that I can ever repay what he has done for me. He has absolutely changed the course of my life. And um, today we have we have a conversation for you it's and it, and it runs the gamut, just like a few of the other conversations that we've had here on We the Gamer Cast in the past. Um, I learned as 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 long as I've known Andrew, I did not know the story that he is about to share with you. And buckle up, guys, you're in for a bit of a ride. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily like a warning that you need, but like this is this. There's there's a moment that caught me off guard, and uh, normally I can I can kind of talk my way through anything. I think, but there's I needed a minute. I needed a second here. Uh, so please enjoy Andrew Semichek. Oh, we're talking about uh, embargoes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, you know, I, I think it's okay for us to get like a, that for preview coverage. But at the same time, a lot of that stuff, I mean, this is why I think a, like, like the, the invention that I did for like We The Nerdy for quick time reviews, I think helps a lot because I think in five hours, you get an idea of what the game is going to be. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, and it's not a story thing or anything like that, but it's just a matter of, is the gameplay good? Is the game is the story interesting enough to keep you going? It, are the fundamental things that you want there in a game? Because I don't think a lot of people want to play a game that you have to invest twenty hours into for it to get good. Yeah, I mean, this is an MMO, but even then, like the grind, that seventy-hour grind to get to—I mean, that, that's just so dumb to me because I don't want to have to spend seventy hours in a game to get to the good stuff at the end of it. That just seems unrealistic. That's why I'm just glad that that sort of thing really isn't my beat because it's just like I don't know how you yeah. get to like if I get to like one of those games in a year, maybe. And like even then, I'm kind of like looking at my backlog. It's not even a backlog, but like just games that I in from the past that I've really enjoyed. I'm like, I kind of just want to play Dragon Age all over again. I want to play Dragon Age yeah. Origins like five times over. Like, even, like, something like Dragon Quest Eleven, where, you know, slight spoilers, where the end of the story isn't the actual end of the story. There, There's a whole... Uh, it's such a trope at this point, isn't it, though? Yeah, but it, that's the thing, is that, like, you know, like, Dark Souls is good because you know from the start that the game is going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't hold your hand and expects you to learn everything, but it also doesn't, you know, ramp up and have an endgame content where it's suddenly like, oh, yeah, by the way, that there's... All this other stuff you have to get to the, you have to get to the end of the game to, to do. Where you you within the first ten minutes of that game, you know what you're going to get into, you know what you're playing, and then you have x amount of extra hours afterwards to play the game and enjoy it and learn the game as you go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just funny to me. Like I just I, I struggle to and only because um, when I think about like the Master Chief Collection, and now it's like it's a completely different game than it was when it launched. And oh, like, sure. like games just they evolve to such a tremendous degree. They're so dynamic that it's like, when do you drop your review and like and as your like your thoughts? And I do think like as the more I think about it, like the it's it's hmm. I, I again I was just about to like drop like whenever the embargo goes up, you drop your review and that's it. But again, like that isn't representative of the game that gamers are gonna play. Right. For Ori. And that's I really, really struggle with this one in particular because I can see on when I played on PC and it runs really, really well that it's a great game. I'm so frustrated yeah. as hell with some of the parts of it. Like I, this game I'm is actually I normally shy away from when a game is difficult as like that being the first thing that you say about it. Like I hate that. It's like why don't you talk about the art style, or the music, or something else about it? But if a game is difficult, generally it's like that's the first, that's the first line. Um, yeah. But once we've established that that game is beautiful and it's all great and it's everything that you love from the first game and all that, this game is kicking my ass, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like... that's like, like even on like Persona 5, like I played the original Persona 5 on normal mode and that kicked my ass. And I'm yeah. like, I, I don't want to go through the first. I, I put 
40 hours in that game. Yeah. If I'm going to go through that first 40 hours again, I'm not going to go through it on normal mode and have to redo a bunch of things. So I put it on easy mode. I'm like, you know, I already know where the first 40 hours are going to be. I, I don't mind blowing through that and changing the difficulty level later on if I want to, mm -hmm. because I'm at that age now where I'd rather enjoy the, the story and the, the gameplay than having, like, I don't mind the challenge, but at the same time, I'm so limited on time to play a game that I don't want to be sitting here for two hours and wasting my time to get past a, a specific thing. Like, you know, I'll be frank. I was playing, uh, what was the Star Wars game? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order yeah. last year. I played that entire game on just the standard difficulty until that last boss battle. Yeah. And then I said, I said, to hell with it. I changed it to easy. And I was like, let's just go. I, 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 I did three tries on it. I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere. I'm like, look, I know that people are going to be like, yeah, you know, whatever you pushed out. I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I wanted to, I, I wanted to see the ending. I like, I, I didn't care. I already put 25 hours in that game. Yeah. I had already had so many other great boss battles and so many other moments and so many other times where I just fell through the, 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 the game and just killed myself because that game doesn't run, isn't optimized well. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to see the end of the game because I already gotten that far. I'm like, look, I can change the difficulty level now. I know it's set to easy. Whatever. I'm just going to play it. I want to experience it. And then you had that awesome ending with, you know, that thing the thing and then you're like oh my god like yes this is well worth it yeah talk me through that because i i like how you call it, like uh i don't care if i'm pussing out or anything like that actually cracks me up but i feel like the more and more time goes on more people are doing this exact thing and, and particularly with that that game like how like you build this up in your mind of i don't want to do this I, I there's no way i'm knocking the difficulty down i'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it all of a sudden you knock it down and you beat the game you experience the ending like how quickly are you moving past? Like, why was I worried about that? I mean, when I grew up, I grew up in the Super Nintendo and Genesis era where you really didn't have a level of difficulty. You kind of had the game and, you know, and you really kind of just to play. And yeah. for me, it was you had to play the game, where, how it was handed to you. And if you want any help, you would use a cheat code. And I was always in the mindset <laughs> where unless it was more like a Grand Theft Auto I or like that was me moving later on or – you know, a game that I had already played a bunch of times and I wanted to see how it was. I, I didn't like to use cheat codes. So I wanted to play it at the difficulty it was given to me. And I always felt like, especially growing up, that it was more of a badge of honor of sorts yeah. of at least being able to get through the game on a normal mode. Because basically, you know, you're at least with the rest of the people. You're the normal person where you can play it on that level. And if you play it on easy, you know, you're a, you're a child or you're somebody who doesn't play games that often. And, you, and you're just one of these... Uh, entry-level people who don't want to actually play the game to enjoy it you want to play the game just to say you play the game yeah and you know being a father and all that too i think that kind of this has changed my perspective of things where you know there are so many different degrees of difficulty now and stories have come along so much more as well that i don't necessarily need to play the game every time to enjoy the story but you have something like Mass Effect or Dragon Age to an extent too, where they have just these story-driven modes that you don't even have to play anything for the most part. You basically could do a couple motions and you can just see the, the cutscenes and everything. And for me, that kind of is more of appealing because you have something more akin to a longer movie, mm -hmm. but you're still having the interaction to it as well. And I, I'm okay with that now. Whereas, like, if I told if I told like ten year old me that, they, he'd be like, "What is wrong with you?" You're you know, just you ashamed of yourself in the future. <laughs> I mean, like it, the 10 year old me would be like devastated, but I also would be like, Hey, you know, not everything, you know, even like the console wars, like when I was growing up, the console wars were something that I got very in, in, invested into because, you know, when I picked the console, it was my console for that rest of the generation until I got older. And I was like, you know, 
let me try a GameCube. Let me see what a GameCube is like. Let me see what an Xbox is like. Because there were titles on there that actually piqued my interest that I couldn't get like you know on a PlayStation or uh, a Dreamcast and stuff like that. And that's where I started like seeing that being exclusive to something for one like one platform is so stupid and so <laughs> closed minded. Yeah. What were you a Sega kid when you were growing up? I was a Super Nintendo kid. My my oh, okay. my uncle got it to me for got it for me for my eighth birthday. Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, because technically my first console was so. There's there's a story. So my my first gaming device was a Game Boy that I got. My uncle had originally bought the Game Boy for himself, and when I was five, I got diagnosed with diabetes. And you know during that week I was in the hospital because back then when you were diagnosed with diabetes, they, they like kept you in a hospital for an entire week to observe you and to you know give you these insulin injections and see what works, what doesn't work, all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's a lot different now, but what happens but now? I think they're, they're they have tests at home and they have uh, they they sit with an endocrinologist and they they kind of keep you on uh, like a glucose check for a couple of weeks, but it's all home stuff. You don't have to be at a hospital oh, the entire I see. time. Yeah, while, yeah, yeah. But you were like in a there. bed, so you're in a bed in yeah. the hospital. So so I was in a bed. I was admitted to a hospital for an entire week. Yeah, I will never forget. I was traumatized because they pinned me down. I was watching Peter Pan. Yeah, they turned the TV off. They pinned me down on the bed and they get they have a needle coming out. It's like my first insulin injection. Oh wow. And I'm like you get the hell out of here with this no kidding and i'm freaking out because like mm-hmm. i'm a five-year-old five. dad yeah and it's like you know but you know after that week was done you know my uncle came over to my house because he lived like 10 minutes away from me so we were really close he he was you know pretty much what kind of started my nerdom and my, my path to that but he handed me his super his game boy and he gave me super mario world and tetris yeah and from there that kind of just you know hardened my my love for video games and and kind of turned me who I am today. And that was like, I always had that uh, uh, affiliation and love for Nintendo. So immediately when the first two consoles I could see come out were like the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, yes, Genesis had the Sonic the Hedgehog and Comic Zone, which kind of appealed to me, which is weirdly like that was like the big one for me. I don't know Sonic. what Comic Zone is. What the heck is that? Comic Zone was this game where you were a comic book artist that gets transported into his own comic book, and you have to go through the panels of each comic book. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. That's and, amazing. And, like, it blew my mind. Yeah, because of course. Like, oh, my God. I'm playing a video game with a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. But those are, like, two big <laughs> games for me that was, like, for the Sega Genesis. But then, you know, with the Super Nintendo, I had Super Mario World, and that game was everything I expect I wanted out of my Game Boy game with like these bright, vibrant colors, mm-hmm. a green, you know, dog creature being Yoshi, all these types of things that, that I was like, yes, I want this so desperately. And there was Spider-Man games and there were, there was Super Metroid. And I remember I rented Super Metroid from Blockbuster. Yeah. And I didn't know how to play that game. Of course. I was like, I was like, I don't know what this game is. This game seems scary to me because of the music and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so weird. Well, and Mario and then, has such a specific way of progressing. And it's like, yeah. that's not it. Like, it's not it at all. It's not even close. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going left. And there's no, there were, <laughs> there's nowhere to go in there. I go right. There's nowhere. Like, what the hell is this game? Yeah. Why is everybody raving about this game? I'm, I'm reading EGM and they're like, oh, you need to play Super Metroid. And I'm like, I don't understand this game. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. But even like games like, donkey kong country and you know there's so many titles for that system that you chrono trigger and those kind of games that you go back to that you know i can still play to this day and yeah. like for me i don't know I, the genesis for me was always kind of the system that that didn't really ever check those boxes for me and i get it genesis kids whatever you know i know you guys have your thing but that was always <laughs> my kind of place and then yeah 
No, I was a kid that had a Saturn in my neighborhood too. I, w- I went from a Super Nintendo to a Saturn. Why? Why? What happened? How did like? Because that's a jump. Like you really like the marketing just landed with you guys, your family, or what happened? Well, it was I wanted I wanted a Genesis. Yeah. And I wanted a Sonic game, and then the Saturn had come out, and I look, and this is this is again, this is like eleven year old, ten year old me, where I was looking at Nintendo and being like, oh man, Nintendo doesn't have their console out yet. Okay. Oh, there's a Sony PlayStation over here. But I don't want that. That looks like garbage. What, yeah. what games are on there? I don't want any of those games. But the Sega Saturn had Sonic 3D Blast. And I was like, <laughs> oh wow, it's a Sonic game. So I ended up getting that, playing that, and I'm like, this isn't like any of the Sonic games I remember playing at the Sears kiosks or anything like that as when I was, you know, or like Toys R Us or anything like that. You just saw Sonic. Odd. You didn't even know what game you were getting. Yeah, I got Sonic and Knights. I mean, I got the, I got that special controller too with Knights. Yeah, and Knights actually blew me away. And then I got what was it? I think I got that same year. I got Panzer Dragoon, and that game was like I'm riding a dragon and blasting things. And then, again, checking all the boxes for me because I'm love dragons and I love blasting things. I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's go right there. And I was like, all right, this is amazing. But then my 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 next my next door neighbor Tom. He gets a PlayStation. I'm like, oh man, you got that shitty console. Like, I can't. So we sit down and we play and we play Twisted Metal Two. Yeah. This is the day after Christmas, and I'm like, I made a terrible. You mistake. got the wrong one. <laughs> I, I got so for an entire year. My mom's like, my mom's like, what? You know, like I'm playing my Genesis or my, my like, Saturn. How, how did you get it. your Saturn? Like, what was it a birthday present or was that your Christmas present? So it, it was both because technically, you know, so my my birthday's Christmas Eve. Right. My mom, my mom tended to go big with it. So my mom would be like, hey, you know, what do you, what do you want from Santa? I'm like, oh, I really want a Sega Saturn. She's like, okay, you know, let's see what Santa gets. So I would get that and a couple games and some other odds and ends and the like. But that was it. So I was, like, super excited. And then, you know, coming the next year, I'm like, mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I don't. Like, I'd be over at his house every day playing Twisted Metal 2. And we were like, we, we found the cheat codes for Minion. I still remember that cheat code in my head. L1, up, down, left. That's the, to unlock Minion. That's What, is, what does that mean, unlock Minion? Oh, Minion is like the end one of the end boss characters in Twisted Metal 2. He is a giant tank that has his his special attack is all three elements. You could have like fire, homing, and power missiles all as one shot. Mm-hmm. It was his super attack. And he was the basically the top guy to to, to have in the game next to Dark Tooth, but you could never unlock Dark Tooth because he was just the final end boss. Yeah. But that was like the always thing. I always always used to play as Minion because once he found the cheat code for it, I was like, nope, that's the one game I'm gonna play, play as. But we play that game almost every day, and then you know, come around to the next year for Christmas, the Nintendo sixty four had come out, Mario sixty four had come out, mm-hmm. so I started playing that. So I had a crisis of conscience, like at the last minute, because I remember getting the Sears catalog in August of that year, Heck and yes. they had they had yeah, they had the, the Nintendo sixty four, and they had the PlayStation right next to it. And at first, I had circled the Nintendo sixty four. I'm like, all right, I'm going all in on this. And then I paused for a minute, and I started looking at the list of games, and I'm like, okay, we have Mario. We have Mario. Yep. Pilot Wings, maybe, if you right. want to count it. Right. And I was like, oh, I saw Pilot Wings. I'm like, uh, this is not for me. But then I go to PlayStation and I'm like, Twisted Metal. Yep. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. And like, Stuck Derby. I'm like, okay. So then I, I thought to myself, too, I'm like, Andrew, you've been playing Twisted Metal 2 for an entire year. And that was a game that swung you that way anyway to begin with. Don't be an idiot and, and don't make the wrong choice again. Mm. So I got the PlayStation and I was just completely overjoyed. You know, I, I, I remember. Going out and getting, you know, Crash Bandicoot 2 that night. I got it because my mom was like, I got Crash Bandicoot 1. And I was like, no, I wanted 2. Let's, I'm going to the mall. I have cash. Let's go. Let's, all this stuff. But it was like, that was like, for me, what 
what made me there. And it kind of just helped me expand my horizon. But even then, I was still kind of like in that bubble because now I was a PlayStation kid. Yeah. And I was to hell with everybody else. Screw Nintendo. But it w- that's a sweet memory and everything. But like Crash Bandicoot sucks. Oh, yeah. Looking back, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But did you, oh, no, you, you, you got to wonder like when you're playing that game and then you look over like Mario 64 and you're like, oh, that might actually be one of the best games that's ever been made ever ever in the history of time like oh yeah like that game's gonna stand the test of time forever who, like who i mean on the block had it like who in your circle oh. of friends i had it? like everybody had one of the two you were the playstation kid who, who yes. was on the block who had like a 64 and i always had a 64 on our block honestly not, like not at school or nothing like that nobody was talking we had about a couple it. kids at school but they were we, they were the kids that were like like, so I was Nintendo kids were always on the other side yeah they were on the other side so that was like we never really talked a lot they'd be like i was like all right whatever because we were like, like get, so... and get out i'm like all right yeah. fine we'll be over here and i was like are you ready and you know we'd be like oh, oh you know God. what we had this thing called an m-rated game on our system so we can actually play things that have gore on them what was one of the was was twisted metal m it couldn't have been it was yeah like, it was m was it it was it wasn't tier yeah. or anything like that oh because it was uh, 97 or 98 the final fantasy 7 came out and then yes, like metal gear solid i think was right in there too maybe 98 did you ever play the Final Fantasy VII version where it said fuck? No. Where does it say that? So I never, the, I've never beat it. I only The farthest I got was the cross-dressing part. In the in the first demo that came out, there is a – in the beginning where they're, they're walking through the train and everything, I think it's Barrett that says fuck. And I never, oh, I never playing that it. Was that on like a demo disc or something? It was, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I remember I remember sitting there with, with Tom and we were playing at his house because he was like, I don't – you know, I was like – He's like, I got this demo disc, and I'm like, we're like, what is this game? This game looks weird. So we start yeah. playing it, and and there it says fucking. We're sitting there as like eleven year olds, being like, uh, yeah. Do you think uh, it was just like a localization is... thing? I think it was. Like he was just like, supposed to be out. like frustrated, and they drop f bombs in the localization. because yeah. I remember it didn't come out in the final release because yeah. I think there was some kind of stir about it, and even because I got the greatest hits version later on, and it wasn't in there because I, was, I was looking for it. I was like, where is this? I remember this. It was well before the scene, but. I was like, oh, this is this is interesting, um, but yeah, I never had an. I mean, I had later on in high school. There was a kid that had an N sixty four. We played GoldenEye then, but that yeah. was also when the Xbox and GameCube come, had come out. I was like, this is playing like everybody's like, oh man, playing GoldenEye. I was like, I don't have those memories. I don't have those those nights of four player co ops on on GoldenEye. I remember playing Twisted Metal. I remember playing yeah, Jet, you know, Jet Moto. Those kind of games were what I was focusing yeah. on, not, not necessarily you know. I got my sister in a Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. That game like got me hooked on the Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> Dude, that is so random. Like, what it, even it, is that game? It, it's 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 a uh, uh, Pokemon. It's Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. It's exact same game. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's just, of instead course. of instead of Pokemon, it's Chocobo. Yeah. And like, I got I I bought my sister Lunar Silver Star Story Complete because we both, you know, I was trying to get her into video games. I was like, oh man, this is totally a girls game, Lunar. Yeah, that totally that game. game <laughs> I played that game. I was like, I cried. And I was like, this is this is the game that like, oh my god, like this is, you know, when, amazing. When was that? When did you try and get into that? Oof, that was ninety eight, ninety nine. How old are you about that time? I'm in like junior high, midway through junior high. I'm yeah, I'm worried about then. I'm yeah. right about like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. So you know, I'm trying to find like kitty games more that appeal to her because she was more into Harvest Moon and and those type of is she games. older and, or younger than you i'm not sure she she's younger she so she was younger by four years yeah. so oh wow okay you know, she's like eight or nine and you know she tried playing like spyro like we had like the pizza hut demo discs yeah. and all that so we tried playing those demo discs and she would she would like some games and you know i would try to to, to work out wait playing, like, did you say pizza hut demo disc 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm 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 used to listening to podcasts at like two times speed, but like listen like talking to you is like in, in real life it's like two times speed. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it, yeah, I have to go rewind. Pizza Hut Pizza Hut talk what what the hell is this? Oh yeah, man. So that back in it was the, it, this is actually how I got into Metal Gear Solid. There was a Pizza Hut demo disc. There was a, a PlayStation Underground demo disc <laughs> that came with orders of Pizza Hut. So there was no one day. Way. I'm, I, I kid you not. It had, it had Tomb Raider 3 on it, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Oh, amazing. Metal Gear Solid. <clears throat> I think something else there, too. But, I mean, I was, I was a kid that loved Pizza Hut, too. Who but didn't? I was like, Mom. Yeah, but I was like, Mom, I need to get Pizza Hut. She goes, Why? I'm like, I need to get Pizza Hut. She goes, There's obviously a reason for it. I'm like, There's a PlayStation demo disc with it, okay? Yeah, she's like, yeah, you're always trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, This is the most, ex- this is the stupidest reason you could ever want Pizza Hut. I'm like, Mom, are you going to buy me Pizza Hut or not? Like, let's just, just cut the bullshit now. Are you getting Pizza Hut or not? <laughs> so she got me, so she got, she, got the, she got me Pizza Hut, and I'm like, Okay. So I put the demo disc in, and I was like, I was like, Oh my God. So I'm playing like Metal Gear Solid for the first time, and I'm like, this is very cinematic. It had the, you know, it had the, the black bars yeah, and everything. I'm like, credits. oh my god, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm like, what is this game? And I, I, I played it, and then I was like, I need this game. Or no, actually, you know, I played it for the first time. I was like, I don't understand this game. Yeah. So, you know, I'm playing like Tony Hawk. I'm playing the same Tony Hawk level like a million different times. He had like mm-hmm. two minute time like keep going back in. And then my friend Tom goes, did you, did you play the Metal Gear Solid? I go, yeah, of course. I got the Pizza Hut demo disc. What? Who didn't get the Pizza Hut demo disc? <laughs> and he's like, and he goes, do you play Metal Gear Solid? And I'm like, why? And he goes, dude, this game is phenomenal. I'm like, yeah, it's just a game with some cutscenes. And he goes, no, no, no. Go play it again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I, I play it again. I start reading reviews for it too because this is by the time, you know, EGM had given out. And he gotten like tens you know, across the board. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was a devote EGM kid yeah. from growing up. So I was like, what is this game? And they're like, even the jewel case has a secret in it. And I was like, wait, what? And then I started, I, I played it again. And instead of me being, I think, adolescent Andrew, this is like me going into teenage Andrew where he's more like, okay, let's step up to the M-rated games. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is amazing. Let me, I need to play this game now. And I, I, I went out day after Christmas again. Uh, Toys R Us. I got that stupid little slip. I went to, went up to Toys R Us the front counter. And I said, "Like, buy this, please." Walked home with that, and I put I played that game four times over. I can still remember, you know, I'm a shadow in a world of light from Ninja from Gray nice. Fox. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, you know, trying trying my desk my my hardest to get through that torture chamber and trying to press circle all yeah. those different times. What was your technique? Everybody has their own kind of like oh. like do you roll right over top? Like you kind of just like. You don't actually pu- like, or at least for for us, we didn't push it. You just like you're always have your your finger down on yeah, the button, like, 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 and you kind of like this, go back and like, forth. Yeah. But you kind of well, like, let I, it- like I, I got the strategy guy for it. They were like, if you have a controller with the turbo button, it will not work. So we're telling right. you right now. Right. I specifically had a controller with a turbo button that actually worked. My brother used but the pen. I didn't use it. My brother used the really? pen that he would like he would have on the controller, and he would because his finger would get so sore. He's talking about pussing out you would have a pen on it and he would just like and he kind of like roll it back and forth i can't this it's hard to describe over um but it, he wouldn't be pushing it up and down he was rolling so it over like top of it. it yeah yeah like back and forth so that every time like the pen went to the other side the button would go up and then he'd push it back on the other side push it down again i i was so mad though because the with the ending where you you lose a torture you also see meryl die right and i was like no i don't accept this i can't accept i this don't ending. accept this yeah <laughs> So I went back through because like, I'm reading the strategy guide. And the strategy guide goes, "Hey, you know, when you get to this point, you have it veers off in two very different paths." Mm-hmm. So of course, I beat the game. I go back look at the strategy guide, and it's like, 
Meryl lives in this other one. I'm like, well, we're going back through. Yeah. Like, the hell with this. Let's go. So I, you know, I get Meryl. I find the turbo controller. I'm like, okay, this says it doesn't work. I'm going to turn it on anyway. Go through without a, sure without a problem. Like, oh, it worked. It worked. I bought a Radio Shack too. I bought like a ten dollar Radio Shack controller. Oh, nice. It probably works just just a little bit differently. Probably different. Yeah. Um, like frequency on the on the hit what let me let me let me take a step back because you know for a second there i thought we were talking about you in the hospital with diabetes um but i want to touch on like your your uncle did something really kind and he actually just like gave you a game boy like did you end up keeping that game boy yeah like forever game boy Uh, didn't you want it back no he said keep it i don't i'm not gonna play it anymore is this your mom's brother no my mom's brother yeah and uh i i ended up (laughs) Because I was a kid, and even still to this day, I trade a bunch of stuff in because I just, you know, I, I, I don't find keeping a lot of stuff unless it's digital or something I can't trade in. But I ended up trading my old Game Boy in for a Game Boy Pocket. Smart. Back when, back when, when Pokemon had just blown up. Because me and my sister had gotten, she got blue, I got red. Mm-hmm. So we each got corresponding uh, Game Boys as well. My mom chipped in some money too, but I ended up trading my old Game Boy in for... My, my red Game Boy Pocket, because I was like, you know, my mom was like, well, if you trade this in, you get like X amount of dollars, which you can then put towards uh, the, getting a new Game Boy for yourself, which is thinner and it'll last longer. I'm like, all right, well, that makes sense. But I had that Game Boy for, God, at least a decade. Yeah. Because I, 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 I didn't trade that in until I was in eighth grade, so I was 14. That's pretty good, though. Well, I mean, like, I just, I just keep thinking about, um, you know, my, my, um, my uncle passed away in over the summer, and he actually wasn't like a, he wasn't my, he wasn't by blood. He was my mom's sister's husband, and when we went mm-hmm. to see him, it was like he may as well have been blood, like he, like he knows from like the moment we were born, and he may as well have been like, like immediate family, and yeah. um. I keep thinking about that with like my nieces and nephews and I'm like, I'm trying to think about like, I wouldn't give them a, a Game Boy at this point and I wouldn't like, I don't know. Like it's, it, I think uncles who do that sort of thing, aunts and uncles like who treat kids like they're their own, like that's really, that's really special, man. My uncle was my dad for, you know, the better part of my life until he passed away and, you know, he's the one that got me into comic books. He's the one that got me into to video games, you know, <clears throat> Without him, I wouldn't be the man I am today, to be honest. And, you know, without him, like, I wouldn't have, you know, started reading comic books. You know, he, he gave me some of my first comic books. And he, like, you know, took me to New York for the first time. So I got to go to Midtown Comics with him. Oh, I, I got to it. go. You know, we used to Broadway shows all the time. You know, he, you know, he, he got our first Blu-ray or he got our first DVD player. So I watched South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Well, parts of it through that because he got his first dvd player so i was like engrossing technology you know he got us our first computer well he helped chip in with my mom with, with getting a computer for us so like i we had a, like a windows 3.51 mm-hmm. or 3.1 whatever 3.1, it was one yeah computer so because he had he had i i played doom on his computer when when i was a kid so i was like you know you know and it was all those shareware versions but you're sitting there like this is what is this game no kidding but, but you know that was that was a lot of my upbringing was through him and you know it sucked because he was taken away so quickly because of of uh cancer and you know i lost so i lost him and i lost my mom within a year of each other and then i almost passed away in, in 2009 so it's like i lost my uncle in 2007 yeah i was my mom in 2008 and i almost died in 2009 i what happened in 2000 was it the diabetes it was so so my grandmother passed away in 2001 
Yeah. And she lived with us and we were close, but I, there was always something that she wasn't always as close to me as she was with my sister. But, um, after she had passed away, I stopped focusing on the diabetes as much as I used to. So I wasn't checking my blood sugar. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating as healthy anymore. I was kind of just saying to hell with everything. Yeah. So, you know, as I got into my twenties, I, I stopped, you know, I, I was taking my, my insulin shots still, but I was eating whatever I wanted. I was taking one shot a day. You know, I, I was going to a regular doctor who really wasn't checking my blood sugar levels. And he kept saying, oh, you're fine. You're fine. You know, to the point where like, well, we'll talk about putting you on the insulin pills. I'm like, all right, awesome. Not even realizing that my body was just a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. Yeah. So it turns out that I in it was right before Memorial Day in 2009. I went to a Prodigy concert with my friend Eric and I just wasn't feeling good. I thought I had walking pneumonia for a few weeks. Yeah. But, but I wasn't going to a doctor to get it looked at. So I go to the Prodigy concert. We get to the concert. I feel like complete crap. And I, I to the point where, like, as soon as we get in there, and it's a Prodigy concert. So it's a lot of techno. It's a lot of electronic stuff. So it's, like, just constant bass. I feel just terrible. So I, I immediately go to the bathroom. Now this is the bathroom in the middle of Philadelphia. And the balancers, I'm, as soon as I go in there, and I'm in there for more than two minutes. They are you think at, like, I'm a off. bar or are you at, like, the arena? I'm at like it's a club, so it's called. It was originally called the Electric Factory, so it's like sure. the, it's a w- more well-known uh, venue, but it's not like it's it's not like a thousand. It's a thousand, not even probably yeah, five hundred. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I'm sitting in this in this dingy toilet with spray paint all over everything. Yeah. just hugging this toilet because I'm ready to throw up, and he keeps knocking on the door. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing. Like, I open the door. I'm like, do you see any drugs? Like, yeah. I'm like, just let's, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not doing drugs. I'm just trying to throw up. Yeah. I, so I don't throw up. We end up going home. On the entire way home, I'm throwing up to the point where I go into like a Wawa and get some stuff, whatever. I remember walking home or getting out of the car, going into my apartment at the time, knocking on the door and asking Patrice, my wife, to – or my then my fiance, knocking on the door, telling her, you need to let me in, you let me in. I go to the bathroom, I vomit again. Yeah. And I black out from there. So what I remember after that is getting up every – kind of every hour, I guess, dr- drinking something – Throwing up, doing the same stuff. Gets to the point where, where Patrice comes home early that day because she was actually supposed to pick her mom up from the airport, and because they they were living in Florida at the time, and she comes to check on me and I'm not responsive. Like mm-hmm. I, she's trying to talk to me, you know, I'm not saying anything. So she sends me to the hospital. They try to, to test my blood sugar, and my blood's not coming out. What? Yeah. So they try to draw blood through through, through an IV, and they said they they. The, the nurses that I was talking to when I got recovered, they said my blood was pudding. Like it literally glooped, glopped out of my body. Oh my God. Yeah. And that they, they're, 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 so normal blood sugar meters that are, you know, once you can get over the counter, your blood sugar levels can go up to 600 on the meter and that mm-hmm. reads as high. Yeah. Their meters go up to 1200. Yeah. I broke their meter. Like more than 1200? Yes. So it's just all sugar. It's all sugar. So basically what had happened was, because I wasn't giving myself enough insulin over time, my body was starting to, to, to normalize a higher level of blood sugar. So I yeah. was technically maintaining a higher level at all times, even though I would feel like I'm lightheaded sometimes. I was acting, you know, I was, I was taking care of it, you know, medically getting myself taken care of with it with like sugar or whatnot by, but I was, I was actually not lightheaded. So over time, my body's just gradually increasing the blood sugar level to a point that combined with this now confirmed walking pneumonia had 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 this giant effect on my body that basically just threw me for a loop and 
they told Patrice that night, they said, look, he's a 50-50 shot of making it out of here in Come one piece. on. I what's shit a, you not. What's a walking pneumonia? What's that? Basically, it's the, signs, it's the symptoms of pneumonia, but it's not as severe as to uh, kind of knock you out. So basically, it's like the, the chest congestion, the coughing. So you um, felt like you had like a cold or something. Yeah, and I, I've been looking up symptoms for walking pneumonia, and it looked very much like I was hitting all the, the check and the marks, but I just wasn't going to primary care physician at that, that time. And also, Gosh, you're dealing with 2000, what is it, 2009, you said, 2010? Yeah. Yeah, so, so you're, like, you don't even have like good internet web WebMD. No. Like, it's no. still getting so I'm this. looking at like old like you know wives tale stuff about it yeah no kidding but like as somebody who's had diabetes is almost his entire life like were you not like aware of what maybe a bad <laughs> a bad night could be on with diabetes oh I knew I mean like I'd be like it, it's basically being hung over essentially when you're right. drunk right and I knew those nights I had those nights I was you know but I was also 22 so I was also drinking heavily a lot because I was 22 years old and, and right. so just generally unhealthy so how do you yeah. spot like a, a drunken night versus like I could be dying exactly. from high was it hyperglycemic yeah. is that what you'd call it yes and 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 essentially uh you know I usually when I was high my blood I would get very very thirsty and I'd be very dehydrated so yeah. I would very much just try to drink some water and I was I, I thought in my head I was a doctor and I was like, oh man, if I just drink water, it'll just flush everything out. I'm a genius. Oh, I don't need <laughs> insulin, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What do these doctors know? Yeah. You know, get out of here, Dr. Mike. I'm, I'm Dr. Andrew now. Yeah. No but, kidding. So you, I cut to three days later. I wake up fully. I wake up and Patrice is in the room with me and I'm like, what's going on? Where am I? She goes, you've been, you've been in a coma for the last three days. Um, you're in the hospital and uh, you know, you almost died. And I was like, wait, what, what? We, I just got done with a project concert. This is not, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. She goes, no, 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 no. Like, no, like, you know, she, cause she went home that night after I was admitted. Cause they also gave me one of those, uh, they shot the, the spinal shots. They actually check your spinal fluid. So I wasn't awake for it. Thank God. But like, apparently they did that. They did a bunch of different uh, spinal taps. They did a bunch of those, tests on me to see what was going on because mm-hmm. they didn't know originally and they because until patrice said that i was diabetic and they were like okay this could be diabetes related but so you know i came in and the doctors were like hey yeah you know what's going on and i was like I- i'm a diabetic like well no shit but you know what is actually what is going on and i kind of fessed up that i was like you know i haven't been the best diabetic for the last few years and you know i haven't really been taking care of myself and they were like look you know we're gonna be honest with you if you don't take care of yourself this day forward, you're, this is going to happen again. Yeah. We can't get, you know, if this happens again, you, the likelihood of you surviving at this time is none. Like you will die. Yeah. Use up your, use up your extra life. Yeah. And I was, you know, and the crazy thing is too, is that, you know, I told us to Patrice when, when I was in the hospital that there was a time, and this is me remembering things after the fact was one of the days when I was in the hospital, I remember being over my body. Like I was hovering over my body. What? Yeah. And uh, I could see myself, and I was like, uh, this isn't right. And I remember hearing my mom's voice, and she told me that this is not your time, you know, and that— And your mom had already passed you know, away? Yeah. I mean, actually, she, like— so she had passed away—so she had passed away in February of 2008. So this is a little bit over a year since she had passed. And she had passed suddenly, too. She, she had a brain aneurysm. So Holy crap. You know, yeah, so this is a, you know, so my uncle passed away of cancer in, in, in 2007, but yeah. that was a slow and, and painful death, unfortunately for him. My mother was an aneurysm that happened in the middle of a Lowe's, you know, on, on February 18th. So, you know, 
we're talking a little bit over a year after that. You know, of course, after she had passed away too, I was just I completely just stopped, stopped caring. Yeah, entirely. I was waiting. Yeah, I just shut I, it down. You know, and I just accepted that. You know, my fate's coming. So, but yeah, with my mom, I could hear my mom, and she was like, "It's not your time." You know, I, I'm here to tell you right now, like, you know, this is, you have a life to live. And I was like, okay, like, I, I, I'll go, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, you know, I came back and, and I changed my diet and I'm still not, you know, I'm not eating the greatest life ever, but I'm also monitoring my blood sugar a lot more. I have insulin pumps in my body now to kind of keep everything in, tra- in check. So it's a lot more balanced now. But yeah, after that day, you know, that, that terrified the crap out of me and I was in the hospital for another I was in the hospital for eight days total. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was not fun. And so this is before like this is before starting a family. And this is basically just yeah. like young Andrew, but with a lot like a lot still to live for, but you had you had kind of had things shut off with your uncle and your mom having passed away. Like what's so I'm just trying to like get in your mind a little bit in terms of like that that flip of a switch. Like do you wake up and go, I'm doing this differently. I'm doing this differently. Do like our, our colors brighter are like nice smells. Do they smell better? Like what, how is life different when you wake up and you realize I just saw myself, I heard my mom, like what changes after that? Well, for me, it was, I, I took a step back and I realized that what I was doing, I wasn't happy in my life. So a lot of it was a lot of self-reflection and, and realizing that, you know, I was, I, I was on a spiral out of control and, you know, cause when I would go to parties and I would drink, I wouldn't drink to be buzzed. I would drink to get drunk yeah. and I would get blackout drunk every time to the point where my friends would have to carry me back to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and each, even like eating like the, my, at my, one of my old jobs, they used to refer to my, my one desk drawer as a suicide drawer because I would come in and my breakfast would be a four pack of Reese's sticks a Starbucks double shot and sometimes just to top it off like a nerd's rope or something like that. Yeah. So I'm literally just sugar upon sugar upon sugar mm-hmm. destroying my body to the, and also like my knees hurt so bad that I was wearing braces every day. And I'm like, I'm 22 years old and I'm wearing double knee braces yeah. every day. Like still called Steve Austin, but he's, you know, he's in his forties doing that. I'm sitting here 22 years old with a, with heavy? a heavy. No, I was thin. Like I was 130 pounds soaking wet, which, which is a sign too. looking back was, I wasn't able to maintain or keep or to add weight. I could eat an entire pizza yeah. and not gain a pound. You know, now that I, I'm actually keeping a track of myself, I've gained weight, you know, I'm up to 190 pounds now, but that's also because I'm actually dieting better and actually taking care of myself. So it's yeah. harder to maintain weight, but still that that's just part of the things that, that came with it. It was just crazy though, because, you know, looking back, I didn't realize at the time how self-destructive I was Mm -hmm. and I mean I guess I always knew but there was always that part of me that's like I'm gonna die next year anyway I'll be with my family that's not what I don't really care about now you know that's where my mind was because also at the same time too my sister after my mother passed away completely kind of just shut everything off because it was supposed to be me and her and then I started dating girls and I, I found Patrice and then I think my sister kind of felt alone yeah so she kind of shut me out, <clears throat> and to this day, we ha- we don't we haven't talked for four five years. Wow! But yeah, and um, you know, it got to a point where I was I was my sister one day when I was dating Patrice, she left me a note on her because we were still living in my mother's house, 
and she left me a note on my on my my computer table saying that you're now solely responsible for the mortgage of this house. So and that's eighteen hundred dollars to a twenty two year old. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have eighteen hundred dollars a month God. to pay for a no mortgage. Kidding. And, you know, me and my sister hashed it out. We like we, we yelled at each other, we had to scream out, you know, we, we almost came to blows. And then, you know, we talked to every now and again. Like she she saw me, she came to me see me in the hospital after the coma. Yeah. But really after that there really wasn't much communication after that. Uh which sucked because, you know, again, that was something where, you know, like I felt like my life around me was falling apart. Like I had my friends, I had my job, but my family, I, I was an orphan now. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I did not have anybody around me. You know, thankfully, you know, Patrice was able to, her family was able to kind of bring me and adopt me. And then, you know, later on in my life, I was able to find my father and my brothers and my stepmother. But, you know, without them at that point, I had nothing. At least in my head, I had nothing. In reality, I had a bunch of stuff. I had my I had a good close group of friends. You know, I had a good job. You know, I had all these things. I just didn't actually, I took them for granted because yeah. I was willing to die because yeah. I wanted to be with my family again. And that's like something that, you know, even it, it took a longer time to, to process that than I think even then. But there was just that that moment of realization of like, shit, I can't I can't go into having breakfasts every day of just candy and like all this other garbage. It's a crappy realization, though, isn't it? Where you're just like, well, in the middle of it, you're like, well, this is tasty as I'll get out. And it cost me like four bucks and it's breakfast of champions. But probably yeah. probably not the best for you. How have you um, how have you gone about processing it ever since? Uh, it changes from time. I mean, like, you know, February is usually the worst month of the year for me because yeah. it's it's a constant remembrance of my mother. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like even this past month, it like it's it, it was twelve years that she had passed away, but still it's just it it, it gets easier, but it doesn't get any easier mm-hmm. because you're constant remembering and, and you know, I I'll, I'll never forget that night, you know, we went to we went to Red Lobster, we got dinner, um, and we go to Lowe's with my sister and my sister's best friend. And, you know, my mom's like, I'm not feeling good. And she goes to the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom, too, because I'm going to the other bathroom. And my sister's like, she hasn't, she's not responding. And I'm like, what do you mean she's not responding? She's like, I've been trying to call her for the last five minutes because she's not, like, you, I couldn't even hear her, like, sit on the toilet. Mm-hmm. So I go, I, I say, you know, fuck it. It's it's a Lowe's bathroom. If I get yelled at, I get yelled at. Are you saying Lowe's? This... What's a Lowe's bathroom? Oh, a Lowe's. It's like a Home Depot. Home Depot. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't sure. At first, yeah. I, knew, I heard you say Lowe's, and I thought I heard you say something else that lent itself to a restaurant. But okay, so you're at Lowe's. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Red Lobster than Lowe's, but then I go into oh, the, the, the the Lowe's in the, into the toilet next to her. Yeah, and she's she's literally leaning across like next to the stall, like on the stall door, almost. It's, it sounds so shitty to say now, but it's like almost like a Resident Evil zombie where they're kind of just like leaning yeah. on a door. Yeah, it's very much like that. And I'm like, Mom, and I, and I see that that there's a puddle underneath her, so she she had urinated herself. Yeah. So I'm now freaking out because she's not, she's non-responsive. She's peed herself, and she's she's just upright. Yeah. So I I finally get, I I'm like I tell my sister I'm like Amanda, hold the hold. Grab the door in a second. I'm gonna grab mom. So I grab her by the shoulder. She, you know, she opens the door. I, I tell her, I'm like, I tell her friend, I'm like, go get not, go get the uh, employees. Go then the call nine one one. So like, all this stuff happens. By the time the the uh, the first responders get there, she's awake. Oh, so I'm pissed because in that meantime, when they got the ambulance and all that, she was tying her bonnet in her hair and all this stuff and toilet paper. But I'm telling my mom, I'm like, mom. 
you need to go to the hospital because her heart rate was so high that they were yeah. like, I have a problem. But she's like, I'm fine. I'm not going to the hospital. I'm like, you're an idiot. Don't do this to yourself. So we get her home. We lay her in bed. You know, we're, me and my sister are both having these crying things about like, you know, we don't want to lose you, all this shit stuff. And she goes, you're not going to lose me. Had she been sick before me. that? Was she not well? No, she she wasn't not well, but she had she she was originally about like 350 pounds she had gone through like a couple years of weight loss and she was at that point where she had hit that wall Mm -hmm. and she she started she started vomiting she started being bulimic where she just started vomiting a lot too too. and and it was disgusting i I would tell her like you need to stop like you know i understand you want to lose weight but this like you went she literally did the richard simmons diet like she was doing the exercising every day all this stuff eating right and then it got to a point where you know, she started smoking again, and and I was like, you need, you need to stop. Like, you know, I know you have a boyfriend now, and that's great, but you also need to take care of yourself because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I don't want to lose you because you're, you know, you're one of the few things I have left now. And, you know, she, we were having this talk and all this, and I remember I went out to the living room because I'm like, do you want anything? She was like, I'd like a Gatorade. I'm like, okay, what color do you want? We had like, we had d- different flavors. She was, can you give me a purple one? Going out there, I'm getting a purple one. And I hear my sister scream, Andrew, she stopped breathing. So I'm like, oh shit. So I go, we, we, I rush back to the bedroom, call 911 again. My sister's now giving her CPR based on the instructions that the 911 uh, responders giving her. And that was the last time I saw my mom alive because, you know, we took her to the hospital and they told us that she had an aneurysm and that basically that she, that 70% of her brain had already been enveloped in blood. So she was basically going to be a vegetable moving forward. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was no way out of this. There was no miracle that was going to happen. So whether um, she went to the hospital from Lowe's or not, like whatever, like everything they, was kind of set at that point. Yeah, I, I talked to them about that and they said, you know, there would have been a slight chance of her recovering yeah. had she gone to Lowe's. But even then, it, we would have had to have known then and there and gotten a CT scan then and there to have known. And this is 2008 too. So the, the technology is nowhere near as, as advanced as it is now Yeah, where – you know, it would have been a hunch, and that would have had to have been somebody that that that's really knew acutely, about it. yeah, mm-hmm. like super specialized on it. So, you know, she was alive for th- well, technically her body was alive for three more days. She's the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Once you go brain dead, that officially means that you pass. So, uh, you know, February twenty first was the official date that she passed. So I honor both days in her memory every month, every year. But. You know, that day was – or that, that week was the single worst week of my life. Just even even now, looking back on it, 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 it's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of crying, a lot of, you know, I'm not ready for you to go yet because there's so much more of my life that I have to live mm-hmm. that I want you I, – I need you there for. Like I want you to see my kids when I have kids. I want you to be there for my wedding. You know, I want you to, to be part of my life because I have so many more questions and so many more things that, you know, I had no parent to guide me on anymore. Which sucked because, you know, especially when I had when I had the boys, you know, I didn't have a dad at that point. I didn't have a a role model for myself. Like I had Patrice's dad, but I didn't have somebody that I could go to on my side of the family to go, hey, you know, how do you take these situations? You know, I had yeah. one set of advice. I didn't have two sets of advice, essentially. So what's your – man – I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I took man. It to a dark place. It's no, okay. it's well. Is part of processing it, talking about it. Like, does that help? It does. Yeah, you know, and 
it always helped because I, you know, I, I'm a person that loves to talk to kind of process things, you know, yeah. you know, and I just doing that, getting out of this last job I was in for eight years of just, you know, the last couple of years of just being in a completely toxic environment too, you know, being yeah. able to talk about those and getting them off my chest where I, I couldn't before, or, you know, I had a fear of losing my job. There's those kind of things that, you know, I, I, I appreciate doing and being able to, to kind of vent about those things. And, you know, is it always the healthiest thing to do? It's not always, or the, I shouldn't say the healthiest, the smartest thing to do because depending on who I'm venting to, it's not always the best person to do it to. But mm-hmm. it, I, I am the type where I need I need to get off my chest. Otherwise, it's just going to eat me alive. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine you'd be having the conversation in your head, if not actually having it out loud. And the yep. conversations in the head are endless and they just yeah. they keep going on and on and on. Have you, like, how do you feel about, like, you, like you were there and, like, I don't know if, Nobody prefers one or another. I'm going to ask a different question. Um, tell me a little bit more about your mom, actually, like before all of this happened and she got, she wasn't well, like what are some of your more like um, loving memories of, of, of you guys growing up? My mom, she, she would always do everything for us because we lived in a very, you know, lower middle income family and, you know, she tried to spoil us as much as she could. And, and that's just the, the, the truth. So there would be days where it'd just be the random day of the week, but she would buy us something, just be like, "Hey, you know," because she she had to work a full time job as a manager of a gas station, mm-hmm. essentially. And being a manager there was if somebody called out, she was taking over that shift. Yeah. So it sucked because there were some nights. I mean, I spent a lot of my childhood where my mom would get called in for a third shift, and we would sleep over in bunk or in sleeping beds in the back of the store. Because there was nobody to watch us. Because my grandmother would be too sick for us to watch, or um, it would just be because maybe it was the summer and, and, and we wanted to do it. But still, it was those are the kind of the fun times I remember. Because you guys you know, had I, a second home at the gas station. Yeah. Holy like, there cow! Were, there would be like state cops that would come in that would know me and my sister. Right. And like I would, I would do stuff around that. Like I would help mop and I would help clean. And I would help like organize things because I was bored and. You know, a Game Boy or even a Game Gear back then, like I got an hour of battery life on a Game Gear. So mm-hmm. once that hour is done, I still have access. So actually, I'll, I'll recount the story. So we had the Blizzard of 96 yeah. in Pennsylvania, and I was stuck in the gas station for three straight days. Come on. That's something out of like a like a movie or something. I shit you not. So because, you know, the, the person I was supposed to work the shift called out, and my mom was like, well, I'm going in. Yeah. And so... She's like, I'm not going to leave you guys at home alone. Thank God. With your grandmother. Yeah, thank God. My, my grandmother was still there, but she was like, look, I can, I, I'm okay on my own. You need to take the kids with you because yeah. God forbid something happens. I'm not physically able enough to handle them along with myself. Yeah, I can take sure. care of myself. You take care of them. Did you, so, ever, did you ever Game Boy? I did. I have a Game Boy and my Game Gear. I remember that. I <laughs> if, if there's ever to be like a silver lining at any point of being like locked in somewhere, like at least you've yeah. got some sort of handheld or video game with you. The shading was that I did. I had the AC adapter for my Game Gear, but I never bought the AC adapter for the Game Boy. So the Game Boy, thank God, the battery on the Game Boy lasted forever. But and you could really stretch it out. Like you turn down that contrast on there. Like you just, oh, yeah. like, I can work this out. You can still see a little bit. But I, I, I it was just, it was. But three you're in a gas station. Days. Do you not have like, like yeah. unlimited batteries right there? I guess that that had to be. <sighs> Kind of, but like my mom would get like she would still have to pay for them out of her pocket. I was gonna say, as a manager like, of the store, she's not she's not ripping off the guy. I just like take them no. off the shelf, man. <laughs> right later, some, she could write some of them off, but it was like if if there were like five packs off of there, it would be a little too obvious. 
Okay, this so, is a weird, like, totally out-of-the-box kind of hypothetical to try and dig us up out of here uh, on our way out. Uh, but um, if you were to be... Okay, so you've been stuck in a gas station for three days. Mm-hmm. If you had to be <laughs> if you had to be blizzarded in somewhere else, what is, like, the best place to be, like, locked in? If it, Let's say it's, like, a zombie apocalypse outside, and you got to be, like, it's, like, Dawn of the Dead or something. Like, wh- where would you prefer to be? Let's say there's, like, a deadly virus... Like yeah. like a really bad flu, for example, and all the health agencies are telling you to stay indoors, and you're like, okay, this place is pretty good. Where's that? I'm gonna be in a log cabin, just out in the woods with nobody else around me. <laughs> log cabin, that sounds terrifying. Like, no, because that way, Evil a, Dead. Well, but yes, but hey, no Necronomicon around me because hell with that. <laughs> Klatu, that, yeah. that shit's dangerous. No, but the way I look at it is, is that. If I have everything I have there, so if it's like a, a doomsday prepper thing where I have everything yeah, yeah, set yeah. there, I have complete one a 360 degree visibility around me. Fair. Two, I have if somebody's <laughs> going out there, they're going out there for a reason. Yeah. So they're not there for good intentions. Okay. No matter who so wanders see, out so there, so you need to see them coming from from a white from yeah. a ways out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Water supply. Two, water supply mm-hmm. wood mm-hmm. fire you know you have a lot of you can you can manufacture on your own without the need of electricity internet yeah but no internet you have no internet <laughs> you're all on that, your own that would suck don't get me wrong but let's face it if the zombie apocalypse is happening we're losing the internet anyway you think the, the internet's just, the first thing to go yeah I, I don't think it's the first thing to go but it's gonna be one of those things where like the electricity is gonna go you know everything else <laughs> That's is gonna just go a, dude so. i was watching um pandemic on netflix which is like this of course they put this thing out now with the coronavirus and everything going on mm-hmm. but they're like you, you know most people don't realize the whole like the power grid is is reliant on people and yeah. it's not even that they have to die necessarily but like if they're too sick to go into work to operate the power grid then like everything is lights out. it literally is lights out I found out when when mom was working at the gas station, like the the people that actually work at the the refineries, yeah, they work like twelve hour shifts. And yeah, there's only one or two of them. That if there's something that goes wrong with one of those refineries, it can go up in smoke very very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's like if those guys get infected, there's a giant explosion there that could take out a, a grid that could take out anything that's around it for miles on end. So you never know what could happen. That's how that. That's just life, man. You just never know what's going to happen. Next thing you know, the refinery, like where you live, like Chelsea and I live maybe 10 minutes away from like a giant refinery. Like yeah. it, as as a kid, as a dumb kid growing up, we drive by it all the time. I thought it was like Canada's like space launch. Like I thought that's where like rockets <laughs> yeah. got like launched out because it's just like this huge assortment. It's a refinery, but it's like all these pipes and everything, these big containers. And then like, I just really like space growing up. It's still, it looks very futuristic too. When you look at it, it looks very, it looks, it's so much different than the architecture from anything else that Pretty you're much. like, Oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It could just, uh, it could just explode. So yeah. What game do you need to play before, uh, it all, we all, before the asteroid hits final fantasy seven remake. No, God, no. Can I ask you about this? Because there's a debate going online today as we record this. Um, Bobby, the Nintendo guru, brought something to light that I'm like, I think that this is hitting my my principled mind when it comes to video games because um, it's no secret. I'm not stoked about how Animal Crossing is handling its stuff. And um, mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation. But Bobby brought up the point uh, Square Enix is charging $60 for a game that is partial, like at least a fraction of some sort to the full Final Fantasy VII experience. They're charging $60 for it. We don't know, like, what portion of the game this is, other than it's part of it. We don't know how many parts are going to be, and we're going up into the PS5. Like, there's a lot of questions and that I have, and we're, like, a month out from getting this game. I think I need to not get this game, but I don't know where you stand on Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
so as it being my my third favorite Final Fantasy game on the PS One, you know, eight it goes eight nine seven for me. I was gonna say there's um, only three. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Uh, so for me, it's okay. Like, I played the demo and yeah. it, it's I'm entertained by it, but it has very much a Kingdom Hearts feel to it. Sure. Yeah. But it also just feel, there's some weird battle elements to it. Like it just doesn't feel it feels off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. See, I'm weighing it out because I was debating on picking it up. Yeah. Be- but Resident Evil Three is less than two weeks away after that. Yeah. So I'm like, and I really want to love Resident Evil. What's, 3. Your, what's your history with Resident Evil or Resident Evil Three, like the original versus now? Never played it. So yeah, me I, neither. I. So I'm, but I played Resident Evil Two, and I absolutely love that remake. The remake so, was so good. Okay, so you and I are in the exact same boat. Yeah. Played the yeah. crap out of Two originally. Like saw how just way uh, to me. Two is like way better than one. I don't know if this is like oh by far. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or if there's people who are like hardcore loving number like the first. But to me, it's like it's clear as day that two is better than one and three is pretty forgettable. Uh, because I, I I remember seeing like neighbor Matt playing it. I'm like I don't know. Can we just play two again? Well, it was very odd. Like I was like, why is Jill in a, like a halter top in the zombie apocalypse? I never quite understood that. Like if of all the things you would wear, that was not a problem for me though. That was like the, that, I mean, every 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 woman in video games was in halter tops back then, and there was only yeah. two of them, <laughs> and one of them was Lara. I mean, I get it. Like, but in my, it was like that. The both sides of my head. The one side, you know, going through puberty, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me see more skin. Mm-hmm. The other half is like, this doesn't make sense in a zombie apocalypse That's because fine. technically speaking, there's more skin to bite. So there's, you know, there's like that, that logical I sense of it. like, that's true. No, that's true. You, even if they just had like a little cloth to like scratch yeah. instead of here's the actual my arm. arms and shoulders. At mm-hmm. just, just here's a buffet of skin. Come get me. Yeah, but she's aerodynamic. She's she's athletic. You can tell. She's she's a Jill sandwich. She's everything's um, fine. So yeah, so you haven't. <laughs> but, got, so you're still, but you're still like basically like based on the second one, the uh, Resident Evil Two remake. That gets you hyped for a game for a remake of a game that you haven't played before. Exactly. I well, yeah, and I actually saw the the Sony. I don't know if you saw this last week, but Sony released a video, like a sixteen minute video, where they took scenes from the original Resident Evil Three and mixed up scenes from the new one. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where the nemesis, yeah, we were running away from, it, and it just jumps the other side. And I'm like, I, I, I this what I already wanted that game, but that moment, that single moment of the nemesis jumping around and stopping you from the other side, immediate buy like that. A hundred percent. It's just me wanting to buy that game because trying to go around Mr. X, where he was a pain in the ass, but he was slow and plotting. And you, you could you can manipulate him a lot. Yeah. Having something like the Nemesis, where he's going to go, no, 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 no. There's no escaping me. Jump around you. <laughs> I want that challenge to it. I want to. I want to have a video where you're dubbing over his voice instead of like. I'm sure he's just like silent and just like stomping yeah. after you. But like, I want to have you dubbed over. And then, no, 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 that's not that you can't do that, dude. Did as you soon see as you, the, uh, the RE2 mod where it's Egon Spangler oh, as, dude, as uh, Leon, the mods, the mods were are all over the place with uh, Mr. Oh. X and um, Tommy, was it Tommy the Tank Engine or Thomas yep. the Tank Engine? Like, so many. Was there a Kool Aid Man one? Because that's the one I want in my life. Because that's gotta, Great. I gotta check that out. It's the one. Oh, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. Well, I love it because now we've got like these remakes kind of going like toe to toe against each other. What, what it even makes it's almost like they have a chance to define what it means to be like the new remake. And yeah. I think they're, they're very different approaches to it. But well, I, what I want to ask you about the like going from two to three, because I think that's going to be sort of um, 
an example of how the industry and how how fans across across gaming are going to respond as well where they don't have nearly the attachment to three as they did with two but because of two remake they're like yeah give us more of this yeah i agree like, even it's funny because i was watching jim sterling's latest video today about you know how remakes of 20 plus year old games are doing more for the community than games being released today because they're still checking those boxes and hitting those marks that gamers want Mm -hmm. because they're not games that are live service or asking for you to buy a bunch of things on top of the game price. They're like, here's a $60 game. It's a complete game. Yes, even Final Fantasy VII that you can buy like Butterfinger bars and get stupid items out of it, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a $60 game that's going to have a a to b scenario that's going to give you 20 plus hours of gameplay without the additional you know live service fees or events and all this nonsensical bullshit that you get nowadays with half the games that you get because you know video game companies want so much more of your money than just that that initial price tag of 60 dollars. they want you to keep investing in games which if there's no real you know desire like for me you could have easily said hey here's a whole extra re2 campaign for $15, and I would have bought it. Yeah. Because that game is so good that I would have gone back and played, like, you know, another hunk side story or a tofu side story. That They would have just put that in there on top of the one you already get unlocking the game. Mm-hmm. But for something like Anthem, I'm going to buy the $60 base game, but I'm not going to buy anything else out of it because there's nothing there that entices me to want to continue you, to invest in it. Did you buy it? Did you buy Anthem? I did. I beat oh, Anthem. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I actually enjoyed that game. Yeah, I went back and played it a couple weeks ago because of the Kotaku article about it still being Christmas there. Yeah, it's still Christmas. It's still Christmas. It's still Christmas. They what have their mean? holiday. All their holiday stuff is up. They have a Christmas tree in the game. Like they didn't in, like, in the turn bazaar. it down. They didn't take it down or anything. Turn oh. it off. Oh my god! What an amazing story this anthem is, dude. Holy cow! It, it truly. I mean, like, and the thing is, there's such a good game underneath there. Yeah, for what it is, but because there was so much one side not talking to the other side that it becomes a completely confuddled mess from it uh i have a single quick fire question before we get out of here what's your favorite um uh, bioware franchise mm. Mm. probably kotor oh exactly. snap yeah i was not expecting I, to do that was like mass effect or dragon <laughs> i was kind of like, more like uh. my selections but like i wasn't even considering of course kotor kotor yeah it's a solid answer I mean, it's, all the, it's license, all the way. But, yeah. Oh, but yeah, but like that game was one of the reasons I bought an Xbox because I bought I bought an Xbox for Halo. Mm-hmm. There was such a like a large drought of games that came that weren't coming for it, and then you had Kotor. Yeah. And that was like, uh, yeah, okay. It's this solid game Star Wars games on Xbox. Yeah. Like really, you had a you had a bunch of them. The Battlefront games, and I mean, actually, Nathan Thomas from PSVG would actually be better suited to to praise those games. But I can just picture like. All of the all of the Star Wars games on on Xbox, all the like the the just the cases of games stacked on top of each other. But dude, oh, yeah. um, can I ask you one final question before we tell everybody to go to WeTheNerd.com? Um, of course. Can we do this again in a couple weeks? Because I had like prepared like a a bunch of things that I wanted to ask you about, but obviously we got a little sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> but could you come? I'm gonna I'm gonna like. I don't want to do it too often because then people, if I don't ask somebody back, they're going to take it the wrong way. And that's definitely not the case, but like, it's been far too long since you and I even chatted and, um, we barely scratched the surface tonight on a few of the things that I wanted to chat with you about. So, um, if you would let people, uh, know where they can find you online and, um, and, and sell, send well wishes to you and all the things on the internet, check out we the nerdy. Um, 
but yeah, if, let's let's do this again sometime very very soon. Oh, for sure, man. I always love talking to you. Yeah, same here, man. But all right, you can find me at uh, wethenerdy.com. That's that's the main site. But actually now. Uh, I will be starting my streaming stuff up again soon. So if you go to twitch.tv slash semi-streams, you'll find me there streaming soon. I'm going to be basically reopening that channel and doing some more streaming there and kind of trying to make that more of a thing. Hopefully make that more of a primetime thing and a, and a streamer life type of thing. But, you know, hopefully that'll be there. Um, you can also find me on, tw- on Twitter at twitter.com slash asemichek. That's A, S is in Sam, E is in Edward, M is in Mary, I is in Igloo, C is in Charlie, E is in Edward, K is in Kangaroo. And well, we're going to have to work on that one. <laughs>
Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!